<laughs> How's it going, Rob? Ahoy, hoy, Sydney. It's going okay. How you doing? Oh, I am. Um, I'm too sick to sit in a chair, so I wish you could see what's happening right now. I'm, I'm laying on the floor in my recording studio. I've brought the mic stand down to the floor. I've brought a pillow in, um, and <coughs> so I'm recording while laying on the floor, like the healthy adult I am. Um, so. That's good. That's good. Um, and I was supposed to record with well, that, Scott that's after how, this, but that's how, I canceled. Oh, you had what classes? No, I was supposed to record with Scott after recording with you, um, but I had to cancel oh. him because I just was like, I don't, I don't have it in me to um, to record for like four hours tonight. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah. I um, you know, like my whole life is like blah 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 endometriosis, blah blah blah. Um, but I really, it's really hit like a new level in the past week where um, instead of just like the chronic nausea and room spinning that I usually uh, live with, is now it's just become actual vomiting. Um, in addition oh, to shit. The nausea and the room spinning. And so, uh, yeah, it's fun. Just like my, my back is sweating a lot. Not my front, just my back. Just a lot of back sweating and uh, nausea and vomiting. Um, but don't worry, it's not COVID. Um, so how it, it also would appear that the, I, the endometriosis is in my in one of my lungs now. So that's... A whole thing. Um, I'm supposed to... So I, I finished, like, founding this LLC so I could buy insurance, etc. And now my insurance agent is kind of ghosting me, I feel. Um, and I don't know, like, if it's just he's been really busy or if he, like, thinks I'm running a scam and now doesn't want to sell me insurance. Um even though, like, I consulted with him beforehand and was like, hey, if I found an, a business for my media production, can I do this? And he said, sure, as long as you have one W-2 employee who isn't a spouse, yada, yada, yada. And now that I have all those ducks in a row and I'm like, all right, let me buy some freaking insurance so I can get surgery. Um, he, like, didn't answer my email and I let a week pass. And then I called him um, and then... I didn't hear from him. So today I sent him like another email uh, and he was like, when are you available to talk? And I said today at 2.30 um, and then he never called uh, or emailed back. So I'm going to hit him up again tomorrow and be like, I'm trying to buy insurance, which is what you sell. Because um, if I don't have Do sur think surgery soon, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. Do you think your insurance salesman has a cocaine habit? I don't know why. Is that a thing? Is that is that big in the insurance industry, cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Lawyers do it. I always, like, lawyers and insurance salesmen are kind of, like, in that same, um, like, they occupy the same space in my brain. Well, the first insurance reason. agent that um, I was going to go with, um, when I was trying to get insurance for my workplace, he was, he seemed like possibly cocaine. Like he just, he seemed like a 
fuck up like everybody else in the entire world. Um, the other one who I ended up going with uh, for my job, uh, and then now who's going to help me out with this, he seems like a very wholesome, uh, wholesome dude. So who knows? But like, literally, like, who knows what's going on with anybody's life right now? Like, he could have COVID. Someone he loves could have COVID. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, everyone's life is kind of in shambles. So I don't, I'm not like, I don't get, I try not to get angry or frustrated with people. Um, because like, you know, I, who knows what's going on in someone's life. Yeah. I don't know. You might want to give the, the cocaine insurance guy a call back. Maybe he'd come through for you. I mean, I would really uh, hate for that to, uh, to come to that. I would probably just call a different one. Um, the one that I'm working <laughs> with currently, he did all the legwork beforehand and, and, like, called, like, the hospital and anesthesiology and pathology for where I'm having my surgery to, like, find out what insurance they take to kind of work out, like, what plan I should buy that would work out the best for me. Um, and bring my surgery down to the lowest cost possible. So, like, I, this guy already did the legwork leg for me, and I feel, like, confident that he will sell me what I need. But who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? All I know is that having a chronic illness is, like, seriously the worst thing in the entire world. Um, and uh, I, had a, I had a house guest this week. My friend was in town um, because she lives on a boat, and her boat was getting repaired, so she couldn't live on it. Um, and uh, I, and I was just like sick the whole time with my period problems. Like not like there's anything you can like. It's not like I could have taken her out on the town or anything. But I felt like um, you know I would have liked to be in better spirits for having a friend stay with me. But what are you gonna do? I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> do you think? Do you know where to get any cocaine? Because I feel like if you if you gave the um, your current insurance guy, like the wholesome one, uh-huh. if you like slipped him an if you slipped him an eight ball of cocaine, it'd probably speed things along a little bit. You know, he'd probably make a little better headway. Um, with what's with taste. you and cocaine? Have you been watching a lot of eighties movies? Have you been watching Saint Elmo's <laughs> Fire, or what's going on? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I got cocaine running around in my brain, yeah. I guess. I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, well, we just watched St. <laughs> Elmo's Fire, and there was a lot of cocaine in that movie and a lot of, like, hilariously dramatic scenes. Um, didn't Didn't a guy like blow another guy for cocaine in that movie or am I thinking of a different movie different movie different movie um but um Demi Moore has a cocaine problem and she uh ends up uh, getting all her furniture repossessed and then she locks her friends out of the apartment and they have to break in through a fire escape and she's like shaking on the floor just like rocking back and forth um in this empty room while these like curtains blow in the wind and there's like a giant, um, like real dramatic curtains. I don't know. Like it's very Grecian looking, just these flowing things. And then there's like a giant like clown face on the ground, like, like a five foot tall clown face that must've been like decor that didn't get repossessed. I don't know. But, uh, 
Zach and I were dying laughing at that scene because it's supposed to be dramatic in the way, and it's artful, but in a very 80s way. Um, And in in the way that someone on cocaine designed that scene. They were just like, more cartons, more clown faces. How old old do you think Ashton Kutcher was when that movie was, was made? That's a good question. Um, uh, maybe like two or three. <laughs> I think St. Almost Fire was like 87 or 88. Maybe. I don't know. That sounds about right. Yeah, you're, you're probably right on. Yeah. That's and weird, huh? Meanwhile, his, his future wife is uh, acting out the throes of cocaine withdrawals. <laughs> and he's just trying to figure out how to hold his poop and make it to the potty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Play with bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, so that that's that's happening. Everyone watch St. Elmo's Fire or don't. I don't I don't really care. Um Yeah, I don't I don't think I'm gonna go out and watch that one. No, but I do have a pup date. I have I have a very important pup date. Um, okay, what is it? And I'm putting this on the main feed, and I want people to know, I want the listeners to know how dedicated I am to this podcast. That my crippled ass is laying on the floor recording a podcast, and, and now I'm going to tell this story that I really should put behind a payroll, paywall, but I'm going to give it away for free. Um, so Ralphie, wow. Ralphie the dog, um, the other night, he's running out the dog door and then coming right back in. I'm and like trying to get my attention while I'm sitting at the table and then running out and running back in. Like, so he's trying to draw my attention to something going outside. So I go, okay, let me see what Ralphie has found in the backyard. And I follow him out there and it is a half dead baby bird. And he, I don't think he ate it. He he seemed to just be sniffing at it. Like, he wasn't, like, wanting to, like, lick at it or anything. He just was sniffing at it and looking up at me like, Mom, what is this? And it's this little baby bird that's, like, it, it's probably got about a half hour left to just, like, suffer. And then it's going to die. Um, and it was really, really sad. Uh, it was just, like, kind of gasping for air and, like, maybe trying to find its, like, you know, call out for its mother. Um, and so I'm like, what am I going to do? I can't let this thing suffer, uh, in my backyard. Like if I didn't have Ralphie, this thing would have died in my yard and I would have been none the wiser, right? It would have died. It's Arizona. It would have dried up and turned to dust within 48 hours. And I would have had no idea, but now thanks to Ralphie, I have to deal with this situation because I can't stand to let an animal suffer. And I go inside and I tell Zach. And he's just like, I don't know. Like, I just um, throw it in the front yard so the dog can't get at it or something. <laughs> like, no, I can't let it suffer. So I had to get real country on it, um, which is uh, I put a towel over it and hit it in the head with a hammer um, to put oh, it out Jesus. of its misery. I don't, what else are you supposed to do? Like, that's what my stepdad did, like, growing up. Because, like, my dog would, we had a haunting dog, and he'd half kill squirrels, you know? He'd bring you a half-dead squirrel, and my stepdad would then hit it with a hammer. Or one time, um, 
I backed my stepdad's car out of his carport and a cat came flying out from the engine compartment and it was all like ripped up and like jerking around because it was dying and it's this white cat and blood is spraying everywhere. And so um, he went in the garage and got a mallet and hit the cat in the head. So like, as is my understanding, that's how you kill an animal. I'm not gonna, I can't break the bird's neck. It, it, was, it was tiny, like it would have just ripped its head off. And I don't think I could deal with that. So anyways, I got the towel, I hit the bird in the head with the towel and then I scooped it up um, to throw it away and then some of the guts fell out. So then I had to pick up the guts. <laughs> It was bad. It was real bad. I didn't like it. I mean, you're dealing with someone who, like, I haven't eaten meat since I was seven years old. Like, I just, this is not my forte. Um, but also, you can't, you can't let, you can't let a, a creature suffer. Um, so, anyways, and then Zach was like, "Yeah, I kind of felt like I'm the man of the house, and I, I should have jumped in and helped you, but it, it seemed like you really had a handle on it." <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't know. So anyways, Ralphie made me kill a bird. Um, and then I, it was right before bedtime, too, because I, I had to go to bed at like 8 to get up at 3 a.m. to work at Starbucks. And now I can't sleep because I just have this uh, adrenaline rush from smashing a bird with a hammer. Um, so that's my pup date. Ralphie continues to not win any points, <coughs> any favorite points in the DeLorean <laughs> household. <laughs> Ralphie. Yeah. See, you should... Ralphie should be a cat. If you had a cat, the cat would have just probably sat there and ate it. Yeah, that's know. true. That is true. Would have at least killed it for you. Um, it definitely helped me understand more of Ralphie's personality because he gets, like hyper fixated as i said he's got a barking problem and he just like will zero in on something and you can't break his focus like when we walk if there's a dog across the street he just stops and he doesn't bark but he just stares and he'll just crane his little neck like poltergeist 360 trying to like just keep his eyes locked in on whatever he's staring at and so now that he's, like, found this bird, I realized, oh, Ralphie has some hunting instincts, and that's what this, like, hyper-focus is. Um, so he'd probably be a, a real great little, not the type of dog that, like, kills anything, but, like, you know, chases it into a hole where then you kill it, you know? Um, like yeah. A, yeah. He's, he must be part terrier. I don't know what's going on with Ralphie, but... Um, but that happened. Um, what's going on with you? Well, I've been having different animal um, encounters, um, more pleasant than yours. I've been <laughs> having a cat. <laughs> yeah, Mike. I've been having my neighbor's cat come and and visit uh, my apartment lately. I've been leaving the door open just for ventilation. You know, it's getting warmer, and. Uh, so she's taken to, like, poking her head in, making sure everything's cool, and then she'll just explore the apartment and just poke around and sniff things and climb up on things and whatever. Um, she would prefer that we not acknowledge her presence. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's one of those things where if you move or look at her, she kind of, like, freezes. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're looking away, she'll just calmly 
you know, sneak around. She's just sneaking around. She's a prowler. And uh, she's prowling, but it's really cute. She's a really cute little kitty, and she's very soft. She has let us pet her on a, on limited occasions, limited number of times. But, uh, she, uh, yeah, it's just a regular, she's a regular haunt these days. So it's kind of fun. Yeah, that is know. fun to get a visit. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, she's such a little twerp, though. Like, you know, she'll avoid your hand if you stick it down to pet her. But if you're not expecting it, she'll come up and, you know, like she climbed up into my lap one time. Really? So, yeah. So, I mean, she's real hot and cold, you know. That's uh, how cats are. I mean, that's how Frank, my dog, is. And it kind of drives me wild. Um just real like kind of withholding you know <laughs> only on her terms is mm-hmm. how she does it you know what i mean like everything's got to be just right if she's gonna you know allow any sort of affection to take place if she's gonna you know subject herself to whatever whatever dangers or risks might be associated with you know, allowing a human to pet you. I don't know. I'm not a cat, but I assume there are some, um, being, being catnapped. Yeah. You know, um, stuffed in a bag. Yeah. Uh, wrapped, wrapped in a towel and, and hit with a mallet. Yeah. I mean, if you ever see me with a towel and a hammer, watch out. (laughs) (laughs) That's a t-shirt. Yeah. Oh. yeah, you know I I relate but, to, yeah. I relate to cats a lot because like if like if Zach makes a move on me or tries to be affectionate in any way I I bristle at his touch, um, but then like when he's least expecting it if he's like uh, in bed or in the shower then I I come around you know because it's on my terms. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I think I'm yeah. I'm very cat like as much as I don't like cats I am. Um, I can relate to them, I suppose. Yeah, I've had cats all my life. I've only had like one or two dogs throughout my life, but I've I've had like 18 cats. What? Like, How old are you? Since... Well, I mean, ever since I was a little kid, they weren't like my cats, but like <clears throat> Okay. Ever since I was ever since I can remember, like my mom has had like 3 cats. At any given time. Sometimes as many as like seven. Oh, okay. That's um, what gets the numbers up. That's what gets the numbers up. Um, yeah, we had seven cats at one time. And then we moved from um, Fountain Valley to uh, Tribuco, well, Cota de Casa. Anyway, out in the sticks, in the boonies. And we lived there for one year. We moved there with seven cats, and we moved away with one cat. And how many (laughs) years did you live there? One year. Where did all the cats go? They got eaten by coyotes? By coyotes and hawks, yeah. Jesus. Yep. Yeah, it was bad news. And then one even got ran over in our driveway by a guest, a visitor. Yeah, it sucked. (laughs) <laughs> so hawks steal cats out there because that's like what is that that's like desert country in southern california yeah 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 about in the scrub 
And uh, yeah, I guess hawks. I mean, I. What do I know? I was nine, so I don't know what kind of bird or if birds were involved. But that's what I was told is that, um, yeah, coyotes and hawks were predators of of cats and Oldsmobiles, apparently. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know that owls out here will steal a chihuahua um, because uh, I read it in the news and it remains the hardest I've ever seen Scott McNulty laugh in the 10 years that I've known him um, was me telling him about an old lady's chihuahua being taken by an owl. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I knew that owls would take chihuahuas. So I guess hawks will take cats. I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know if they have to take them or if they can, like, I guess they would pick them up, wouldn't they? Yeah, because like well, they eat in their nest. Doesn't... Well, okay, or just on a rock or something. Yeah. Well, I've maybe they could, if they could pick it up and, like, carry it up high enough and then drop it, mm-hmm. then it would be dead and they wouldn't have to deal with all the bitey, um, scratchy nonsense you know i bet I mean? they just bite the neck they know how to just bite the neck and take it out the animals are efficient yeah um god damn it i don't know i don't know if this thing's recording sydney are you kidding me well i've been tr- battling with the the cord this whole time yeah but um like it just like it's the the thing's not moving anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it stopped recording. Although the bar and beat keeps progressing. So who knows? I guess we're just going to find out. I know people are going to kill me if they have to listen to another recorded phone call. They hate that. It was pretty bad the last yeah, time. Yeah. It was pretty bad. It's <laughs> <laughs> not what I like to have people listen to. So uh, we either got to get you well, a new cord or get you to download Skype before um, people cancel me. I can't be canceled. Um, oh, this, right. This show is all I have. Well, <clears throat> I don't know. The numbers keep moving, but the little scrolly thing isn't moving. So I don't know what's going on, but this is a fun little interlude. Yeah, um, I'm sure people love I guess this. We'll f- this is, yeah, it's behind the scenes. It's yeah. n- nitty and gritty. Yeah, you, you people see um, what I deal with with Rob. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <with> the, <laughs> the numbers keep moving, but the scrolling isn't happening. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Because I, I, don't, I don't know what that means. I don't. I don't know either. I really don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll find out when you send this to me um, at the end of it. Um, I wanted to mention that Ghislaine Maxwell got uh, arrested. So that's pretty cool. She was at like a million dollar uh, cabin in New England or something. And now she's in jail and she is being described by other prisoners as a depressed loner and a snooty rich bitch is what all the headlines say. Um, I am going to guess that she um, accidentally dies from COVID is my prediction on the Ghislaine Maxwell situation. Yep. 
Um, and then she'll go join Jeffrey Epstein wherever he's hanging out and they can like continue what they were doing beforehand, but under different names with like different faces. Do you think he's still alive? Yeah, I do. You do? Yeah. No. Well, if he was worth, I mean, unless he was just a total tool and all of his, you know, like worth personal wealth was just like a sham Mm -hmm. you know just like a shadow puppet kind of a number like if he was actually worth a billion dollars he can he can buy his way out of that dumb jail he can pay off a couple of guards to turn off the cameras and pretend they were sleeping or you know what i mean like it's it's fairly easy so you you think i mean that he faked his death I do think that he faked his death. Yeah. Do you think that's weird? I just thought that um, everyone thought that he was killed so before he could turn witness on all his other powerful uh, clients. Yeah. Well, faking your death, faking the guy's death and then like, <clears throat> well, first of all, faking his death and getting him out of that jail uh-huh. solves that solves that that problem of him ratting out people, right? Yeah. So already, you know, if he's out of jail and not, you know, subject to law, then he's not going to rat people out. And if the authorities think that he's dead, then they're not going to keep looking for him. Yeah. Right? And then also, if you're the the powerful people who that he might have ratted on, uh-huh. um, but, but you're the ones that maybe helped get him out of jail or whatever... Um, he can keep working for you or doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Like he can still do the same thing that he was doing before. Uh-huh. Maybe so we, I don't think it's over. Maybe we yeah. should do a poll on Twitter. Um, did Was he killed or did was his death faked? Because um, I'm curious to know what other people think about it. I just... It well, you forgot... I, you, I can't read too much on the internet because it do, you know it doesn't help... Uh, a state of chronic nausea and dizziness is staring at a backlit screen. But if anyone wants to uh, um, chime in about that, I'd appreciate it. Well, the poll should also include the third option, which is that um, he killed himself. Nobody believes that, though. But that's the official narrative. Yeah, but those are never true. Those are never true. I'm speaking of so speaking of official narratives. I'm um, reading this book right now along with um, some other listeners, including Alex from the Life in the South episode. And this book is called Chaos: Charles Manson, the CIA, and the Secret History of the '60s by Tom O'Neill. And he was on Rogan talking about this book. Oh yeah. Um, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the book that inspired me to do an episode about what a creep uh, Roman Polanski is. Uh, but, um, yeah, this book basically is all about how the official narrative of the Manson murders, which would be the book Helter Skelter, is totally falsified. So, um, I'm not super deep into it yet, um, but, uh, but yeah, the official narrative is always false. That's just the way things are. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, when there's that much at stake... I mean, same same thing with like, well, I don't know that 
the book you're reading is all about like the CIA, right? Mm-hmm. MK Ultra yep. and that sort of thing and how they interfered were were meddled with the um you know, like the sixties protest peace movement and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot at stake there. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so it doesn't I mean, it doesn't surprise me that people with that much to lose would like go to such extremes to make sure that, you know, they get what they want, you know, or they, you know, sway the, you know, sway the tide of public opinion or whatever. So, well, yeah, I mean, we have have a lot of that going on currently with like the news about like what is being shown on the news that's happening at black lives matters protests versus like what is actually happening uh, AKA like a, a militarized state. Um, and it's weird to have conversations with people who, you know, for instance, my mother who, you know, is like, has no idea. And, and I've sent her articles and I've sent her links, like trying to prove to her, like what the police are, have been doing in the streets and the way that they have been attacking and assaulting peaceful protesters. And like, my mom just like can't believe that that is happening or true. And it's because, you know, much like every other baby boomer, um, Fox News has rotted her brain and she is a Trump supporter. So like she couldn't possibly believe that like under his rule that the police would be, you know, committing war crimes like these, like it's, and so I just am like, because she's getting the, uh, the quote unquote official narrative from, from cable news. It's, it's a fucking disaster. I I had to visit her the other day and I love my mom. Like I, I, I love my mom and she is a more, she's like a very reasonable person. And usually when we talk politics, we talk until we reach the things that we agree upon. But, like, driving out of her neighborhood that's, like, this beautiful retirement community in the desert with all these great mid-century homes. Like, it's really beautiful. And they're all flying Trump flags. And I just thought to myself, like, honestly, like, these could just be scorched. This this could be scorched earth and we might be better off um, if just these fucking boomer hoods just, you know, saw some sort of disaster happened to them and they were no longer in the um voting pool but you know that's i'm just supposing (laughs) yeah i don't know it takes all kinds i guess but it's unfortunate that like i don't know so many people are like uh, buying into this like it's one side or the other kind of narrative mm-hmm. instead of maybe looking beyond that because there's definitely agent provocateurs. Uh, it's not just like the cops, you know, police versus protesters or whatever. I feel like there's, you know, there's some, there's a, a power behind all of this that's like hoping, that's like trying to push push the narrative in one direction. And you see those, you know, those uh, videos of, like, some guy wearing, like, <laughs> army fatigue, whatever, military-issued outfit, like, smashing windows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that one dude with the, like, the dreadlocks who's like, hey, man, are you a cop? Are you a cop? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> the guy just, like, leaves. 
And like the same thing with that. There was a video of like the Starbucks being spray painted up by two white people, you mm-hmm. know, all masked up and everything. And like the black person is like, hey, what the hell are you guys doing? They're going to blame us for this. And then they just like, you know, flash whatever the piece out basically. But it's like that's the kind of stuff where I could see those people being paid by or you know whatever by the cia or somebody Mm -hmm. like that oh here goes rob here goes rob nut job but like there there are people who would benefit greatly if all of this stuff just boiled over you know what i mean and actually caused the race war yeah (laughs) that charlie manson was talking about and you know all that kind of stuff so I don't know. Well, yeah, uh, it's interesting. <clears throat> Number one, what you said about the sort of it's one thing or the other, which is what happens in political discourse a lot is that like if you criticize Trump, then people are like, well, yeah, but uh, uh, Obama did this. And you're like, yeah, he did, huh? Like, <laughs> like it's almost like n- none of them are innocents. Like, I don't know why you think just because I'm critical of Trump that I'm like, I don't I don't think that like Barack Obama was a saint or that Hillary Clinton was a saint like that sort of attitude where it's like it's not a like it's not a by it's not a binary system, you know, like it's not because I don't like this one person or I think this one person is evil that I that his opponent is pure like they're all trash. Um, But but interestingly, I read an article a couple weeks ago about how. The um, military ran an ex like a field exercise in 2017 or 2018, and they when they do these like field exercises, these like war games, they are given um, fake scenarios that are uh, maybe it was you know what it might have been longer ago than 2018. I digress. So basically, like it was a war game in a military like whatever practice thing. And the um, the theme of it was that it was a Gen Z uprising. And so the whole, like, background that they set up for this war game is, like, Generation Z having no economic prospects and being uh, overwhelmed by student debt and yada, 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 decides to revolt against the system because it, you know. and And so it was, like, basically, like, they kind of predicted this sort of anti-police, anti-government uprising from young people that we're seeing today. And what I think is interesting is it's like, okay, if like in the fucking government agencies, you can predict that this class of people or this group of people it's are going to have a violent uprising because of this, because the system is against them, why would you not then maybe take put an effort to change things so that you know you could prevent that by I don't know like creating a a better economic situation for young people or I don't know it's just so funny how it's like oh yeah we predicted that this was going to happen to the point that we ran war games exercising like controlling this uprising but um we didn't put any effort into you know changing the cause of the discontent like I think they want the the discontent benefits them. They want the discontent. You know what I mean? You think so? 
Well, yeah, because without, I mean, it's the whole, without the controversy, they can't um, take advantage and, and capitalize off of an, ever, like a volatile system. Mm. Um, you know, they say like, never, never let a good crisis go to waste, you know? Well, if you just like, if there's always crisis, then you're always, you know, capitalizing on it or something. I guess. And that's why, yeah. I mean, that's why we have a a two-party system because it pits one, you know, one half of the population against mm-hmm. the other and divide and conquer, you know, read Sun Tzu, the art of war, divide and conquer, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like I guess I just wonder what's going to happen as like, as the boomer generation starts to die off and like we, we lose these, uh, generations that like the, the America was, uh, quote unquote great for them. And it leaves behind, you know, I feel like with every generation, the sort of myth has been peeled back. And so, I mean, eventually we're, we're going to have a population where like everyone's like, yeah, no, it's America's always been bullshit. It's never worked for anyone who's alive right now. So I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know, Sydney. Proud boys be fucking. I guess. It's just a weird, yeah, yeah. You, you're right, you're right. I mean, there are young people who think that things are good. I don't know how they could think that, but, um, you know, that's the, the sort of control of the, um, the working class and the working poor and getting them to vote against their own best interests is, I mean, that's just artful. I don't know how, how that brainwashing works, but. The, the greatest trick the devil ever played was what was it was convincing the world he didn't exist oh that's essentially what's going on that's that's a you know that's like a famous quote that's but that's um that's essentially what's going on behind the scenes is we're all being played Mm -hmm. you know and uh and uh billionaires keep getting richer off of it you know like what's the statistic about how the 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 most wealthy Americans have got have only like <laughs> gained wealth during this whole thing like you know I don't know yeah there By, are my days you know, the t- there are my days where I'm like Go. was this all a conspiracy just for like Jeff Bezos to get richer like did he make coronavirus <laughs> just to keep I mean his- yeah or Bill the whole Bill Gates thing mm-hmm. I don't know what's behind that exactly but like yeah I don't know like, I, I don't know. actually then, believe that, but, like, gosh, I understand people who do believe that because this is, like, basically for, like, 90% of the population been really terrible. And then for, like, a, you know, a very small top percentage, they, this has been very profitable for them. And so you're just kind of like, I don't know. My mom thinks that um, Bill Gates wants to inject microchips in everybody with the vaccine. Um and she said the patent number has 666 in it. And she's like, listen, I'm not saying, I know this is really far out there, but just think about it. I mean, it has 666 in it. It's like, okay, mom. Um, I don't I don't think that they're, that they're going to inject. Because um, she's like, he wants to surveil the entire world population from the sky. And how do you do that? You put trackers in people. And I was like, I don't think that's necessary. I, I honestly, I mean, all you need to do to track people is monitor their cell phones, which is already happening. Right. They don't need to inject right, microchips right. in us 
uh, under the guise of a vaccine. So, but, you know, you know, that's when you go, all right, mom, I guess I'll let you go. <laughs> it's been nice talking to yeah, you. I love don't know. you. Love you so much. I don't know. It's all weirdness, though. Like, have you heard about how, um, like, there's pretty plausible evidence that the co- the coronavirus isn't, or that w- that it was made in a lab, that it's not naturally occurring because it's it's basically like a chimera. Oh. It has like different aspects of you know. There's different classes of viruses out there, mm-hmm. um, and you know, T4 bacteriophage is my favorite baby. <laughs> look, look it up. It's the coolest looking virus ever. It looks like a little spaceship. Oh. But um, but there's you know different you know there's retroviruses and there's you know things that that behave in different ways and. This, this coronavirus has, um, like, aspects of different modes. Like, it has one... It's almost like they combine two viruses together, basically. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so, I'm, f- I'm familiar with a chimera. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it all seems a little suspect, and who knows, you know, what what's, be, what's behind it. But, um... I know, it seems, seems kind of screwy. I mean, I'm me. willing to believe it. I fell down a rabbit hole the other night reading about Lyme disease. Because, like, when Lyme disease started, like, being, like, big in the headlines, like, I want to say six, seven years ago, and there were always, like, like, Lyme benefits, and this person suffers from chronic Lyme, and then there's, like, these witch doctors treating patients with, like, high doses of IV antibiotics and, like, all this stuff, and I was under the impression, because I'd done, like, a little research, being like, what the fuck is up with Lyme disease, and basically, like, at that time, everything said chronic Lyme isn't real, like, you get Lyme disease, or you don't, if you get it, it's acute, you take antibiotics, it goes away, that's it, right, and these people who say they have chronic Lyme, it's all psychosomatic, and so, like, I believed that, but then it kept, like, being a thing and there's all these like Lyme advocates and stuff and so apparently Lyme disease like wasn't a thing um and there is a island off the coast of New York where they test uh they do biological weapons testing and um the first person to ever contract contract is that the word contract Lyme disease um happened to be an employee on that island and then over time, the hardest hit places with Lyme disease, it started on the East Coast. And like there's maps showing that basically it shot off from this one central place, which was a lab that tests biological weapons. And so people are saying like it was a bioweapon. They were experimenting with creating bugs to give people diseases in order to weaken populations to then make obviously taking over them through war a lot easier if everyone's fucking sick um it worked out really well for white people with smallpox um so uh so yeah so then I was like is this true and then I had to add a book to my Amazon wish list about this because apparently like there's really strong evidence proving that this Lyme disease that does make people super sick that does have lifelong um effects on them 
came from a bioweapon. And the people who suffer from it are crying out to the government, like, can you please stop withholding secrets about this? Because the reason why, like, they're so behind on getting treatment, like, or, like, coming up with treatments for people with Lyme disease is because it's all shrouded in secrecy because the government won't acknowledge that it's real. Because then it would have to admit its culpability in creating it. I don't know. So, like... Well... Yeah. If that's true, then, then you know, the whole coronavirus conspiracy theory, I guess, could be true. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, the other side would say, you know, somebody ate a bat. Mm-hmm. Some filthy mud person ate a, ate a bat from a wet market, and that's what started the coronavirus. And then with uh, Lyme disease, some hillbilly fucked a deer. Yep. And that's how it started. It must have been a hillbilly uh, in Coney Island, the fucking a deer. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) So that's how it it really gets going, just like with AIDS. Yeah. You know? Same same thing. Same thing. Yeah. What are the conspiracy theories about AIDS? Oh, I mean, there's a... I think I've... I don't know. I mean, obviously, like... Just that it's meant to destroy people, mm-hmm. poor people, poor, you know, black people in Africa. Um, and then also, but in the U.S., you know, there's been like pharmaceutical companies that distributed medicine that contained AIDS in it. What? <laughs> yeah, there was, I don't think it was in the U.S., but I forget what the circumstances were, but there was like AIDS contaminated pharmaceuticals being distributed uh, somewhere. It might have been in the third world. Mm. But then there are, you know, theories that AIDS was um, created by the CIA in America. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't know what this, I don't, maybe they spread it worldwide too to further their their ends means but uh that it was spread among it was basically just a wipeout case i don't know if that's all that credible i don't know if the targeting of aids if you i don't know well next time i'm feeling anxious because i don't know why i feel like conspiracy theories really appeal to the anxious because it create instead of things being scary and random um conspiracy theories tell you like oh no these horrible things are by design um and i definitely know that when i'm in an anxious state is when i'm more apt to read these things so maybe next time i'm feeling anxious and i want to uh, fall down a rabbit hole i'll look up aids conspiracy theories and get to the bottom of it yeah that'd be a good one because i know the like the main the 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 thing that sounds the most likely to me is the <clears throat> the thing about like a hunter who was hunting bush meat and caught a you know monkey was butchering a monkey in some of the blood mm. that you know HIV contaminated blood got into a cut on his hand or something like that. So that makes that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Way, makes way more sense than you know some guy fucking a monkey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but um, but that also could be like the same thing as with the bat. You know, maybe it did come from a bat that was contaminated with a laboratory uh, created virus. Mm-hmm. Maybe that monkey 
was contaminated with a, you know, like something that was created by whomever, whether it was the CIA or whatever, who knows? Yeah. WHO knows. Uh, <laughs> and maybe they didn't expect there, it point. to jump into humans. Like they were trying to study it in apes and then this, you know, butchering accident happened and now all of a sudden, oh fuck, humans have AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the conspiracy people would say that they intentionally released it. Mm-hmm. Um, the There's like the lesser grade of conspiracy people that would say oh they were just experimenting with it in a lab and then it escaped the lab somehow and then got out into the population that way so still conspiracy you know people you know until a government steps forward and says yes we grew that virus and it got out we're sorry our bad Mm -hmm. until that happens then it you know it's still but then i don't know but then, like traditional, the the official narrative would say that oh, it's just it's a naturally occurring thing, um, you know, uh, especially mic- microbes like virus, especially viruses, are constantly evolving, mm-hmm. um, and that <clears throat> it's just it's just a, a numbers game. It's just a matter of time before you know one of them evolves into something virulent to humans and then it also escapes out into you know where humans can get it so it's a really muddy you know yeah. what i mean yeah i mean i, uh, I which think is what we've learned is that humans living in dense conditions um really uh causes spread of disease and like we we saw that like from the dawn of urbanization like when you have humans packed into cities disease will ravage them uh versus you know if people are more rural based or nomadic um you don't have the the same type of disease outbreaks um but uh it's just weird like the whole mask thing i think is interesting because people are so like you know americans are so against wearing masks or especially where i live um because we're a stateful of idiots, because we're 43rd in the nation in education, and um, people are just idiots. But I'm just like, okay, so in other, like, densely populated cities, like, particularly in Asia, it's really common if you don't feel good, you wear a mask when you go out in public, so you don't spread what you have. Like, it's just, like, a common practice. And, like, America, despite having, like, developed into, like, this, like, country of big, like, urban you know centers like people are like well i'm i'm I, like they don't want to adopt this practice and it's like you're a big city now just fucking mask up retard i don't know <laughs> uh yeah it's uh do you think it's homophobia you think it's homophobia that keeps people from wanting to wear masks yeah Guys, especially. Oh, not ladies, I guess, but maybe. Yeah, well, I had a lady come into Starbucks the other day and order, and the whole time she's wearing her, holding her mask, like with her hand, six inches in front of her face. Like, and I was like, why the fuck are you doing? Like, now you're just breathing onto your hand that you're gonna use to hand me money. So, like, and, and as far as I could tell, she didn't wanna mess up her hair or makeup by putting on her mask. I was just like, you're a fucking idiot. Um, 
So I don't know. It always seems to me in general, it's the ugliest people who are against wearing masks. And it's like you should be taking this opportunity to cover up that mask on the front of your head. Like it's now socially acceptable to hide God's mistake, which is your face. Like <laughs> just jump at the, jump at this opportunity. You should have hidden that thing from public view years ago. Um, I don't know why you're like, fighting for your right to show that disaster um, to, to people. I don't know. But um, we have a mask mandate here now uh, that they decided was necessary uh, after we reopened the whole state without one. And then we ended up having the highest per capita uh, COVID rates in the world. Um, then they decided to do a mask mandate um, and people still protested it. Um, but, uh, you know, our hospitals are full. That's like an actual thing. Our hospitals are full. Um, I know someone who's 30 who's in the hospital on a ventilator right now, probably going to leave his kid an orphan. Um, but, uh, people still uh, don't want to wear masks out here. And I'm like, just either stay at home, stay, just stay the fuck at home or a stupid mask. It's not that hard, but, um, you know. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Save up money to, to yeah. move. <laughs> <laughs> move to what? Like New Zealand? Vietnam, I heard, is like got it way under control um, for COVID. Really? Like they've had maybe, fi- yeah, like 50 deaths in the whole country or something like that. Damn. Yeah. But New Zealand, that's that's my jam. I could see myself living in New Zealand. They don't. Uh, they don't like let anyone move there. That's the thing. No, you got to be rich. Mm-hmm. You got to be rich, and you can get like one of those investor visas or something. Oh. Like if you start a biz, if you either have a million dollars or start, you know, invest a certain amount of money in a bit, whatever. They'll let you move there for money, essentially, but. You can't just you can't just go there. Yeah, unfortunately. That's... However, mm. they got single ladies there. Hello, hit In... me up, any New Zealand listeners. <laughs> hit me up. Hashtag fan favorite. Um. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should mar- marry someone from New Zealand so you can move there. Why not? Do the people whole... do it for mother? Yeah, other people do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a whole TV so. um, uh, franchise based oh, on it. Oh, what would you know? Oh, uh, how would you have known about that, Sydney? Um, tell us about your other podcast. Oh, well, I have, <laughs> a, I have a podcast called Shade Palace. We cover reality TV. We aren't talking about 90 Day Fiance right now, though. We're talking about Rock of Love. We're almost done with it, though. We're trying to barrel through. It's really hard. I've been working a lot and being sick. So, like, when I wasn't, when I was only partially working early in COVID, we were doing three or four episodes a week. And now um, we're struggling to put out one. But we're doing the Lord's work. Um, I have a hookup who says I might be able to get Ricky Rackman to do an interview because they're friends with him. Uh, Former MTV VJ and also host of the Rock of Love reunions and co-host of the Daisy of Love show, uh, Ricky Rackman, might come on the podcast. I don't know. I get kind of scared about, like, reaching out to a celebrity. 
And then being like, so, uh, uh, are you really friends with Brett Michaels? (laughs) 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 I don't know. I I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Celebrities are just people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I yeah, they are. I just I sometimes I'm like I don't want to waste this person's time. I don't really have anything to talk to them about. I just like making fun of Brett Michaels. Speaking of celebrities, should we call Matt Farley? No, no. We've been talking an hour. <laughs> we've been talking an hour. We're not gonna bother Matt. I know you want to bother well, Matt. I do, but instead of bothering him, like, in person with a phone call, I'm going to air my grievances on the air. Hang on, I have a list. Hang on, just a Okay, second. well, while you pull up your list of grievances against Matt Farley, I'll tell everyone that they should be listening to the Moturn Media infomercial podcast, because um, the past couple episodes have been really good. There was one that was, like, uh, I mean, in production quality up there with Behind the Music, and it was basically a behind the music of his um, musical career. Um, he did a, another one very recently where he interviews um, Odalon Green, and my name is mentioned more than once. It's pretty exciting. Um, oh, we heard your we heard your singing in, mm-hmm, on that episode. Mm-hmm, Matt fact, compared well. me to the waitresses, uh, and at first uh-huh. Zach <laughs> thought he was just comparing me to a waitress, like. Because I am one. Like, oh, yeah, she, you know, she has this delivery style, like a waitress. <laughs> I was like, no, that's not, it's not what he, he meant, but um, also funny. Um, I do, I do deliver things like a waitress. Like, um, I bring people food and drinks. Um, so, yeah, so everyone should listen to that podcast. Because uh, he's been, I don't know, he's been doing a lot of good, like, he did one where he was answering listener questions. It's very motivational for creative people out there uh, recording podcasts while laying on the floor in their uh, recording studio. Um, well, uh, I asked a question on that on his latest podcast. Did you happen to hear my question? Yeah, being what was your question? It was like, what type of cheese goes best in a grilled cheese or something? That's a really good guess, Sydney. Thanks for listening so closely to my um, uh, part of that. No, no. My question was if your character, if your character, let's see, if the script called for your character to to use chopsticks. Oh yeah, would yeah, you yeah. Be able to pull it off. He said no. Which is basically, it's me just um, masking the question. Can Matt Farley use chopsticks? Mm-hmm. Masking it like <laughs> in terms because he was asking for anyway. He was asking for term uh, questions about like movie making, filmmaking, mm-hmm. uh, songwriting, just like creation in general. And so I didn't have any questions about like um, creative stuff. So I, I I only wanted to know if he could use chopsticks or not. But I found a way to um, couch it. <laughs> Yeah. In terms of creativity. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it worked. I tricked him. You did. I totally tricked him. He answered. Yeah, he answered my question on the air. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Go and ahead. He, can't, he cannot use chopsticks. He doesn't see the point. No. The answer is no. And I knew that. I knew that was going to be the answer before I even an- asked the question because I, I don't know. 
yeah <laughs> you have to know matt farley and his eating habits like the, he's probably never eaten sushi i'm gonna go out on i'm gonna go on record you know like i'll i'm willing to wage money that he's never tried sushi before mm-hmm. so uh the the idea that he's never tried chops or that he couldn't use chopsticks is not too you know too crazy. Okay, here are my grievances. Okay. Yeah. Here are your grievances. My grievances. First of all, in the movie um, Monsters, Marriage, and Murder in Manch Vegas, his little secret society called the Manch Vegas Outlaw Society, mm-hmm. well, they actually, they actually fight crime. Oh. They're not outlaws themselves. They're... They actually fight crime, so that's like a misnomer, and so much for truth in entertainment, well, because that used to be that used to be Matt's uh, 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 motto on his old podcast, uh, Motern Media Infomercial Podcast. But then it seems like ever since he changed to uh, the Motern Media Infomercial Podcast, he has stopped with the truth. Now he's telling lies. So, well, I would uh, argue that compl- fighting compl- fighting crime um, can be outlaw because, as we have discussed, um, often um, members of law and law enforcement are actually criminals. So, so maybe okay. So vigilante, you're saying that although he he and his organization MOS. Uh-huh were fighting crime, they might might have been breaking laws in order to do yeah, so. That's and, an interesting concept. And therefore outlaw crime fighters because they are outside of the law. Oh, snap. Because the law is right. often criminal. The law is often a criminal yeah. enterprise. Okay. Oh, well, okay. Now there's two ways of looking at that, that either they were law-abiding crime fighters fighting unlawful crimes uh-huh. or that they were law breaking crime fighters who were fighting any kind of crime. I think they're you know law I mean? abiding, but it's outside of the metaphorical law because you know, the police are corrupt. We're going to have to look into this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone should watch. This is like homework for the podcast. Everyone go, I think it's on Amazon Prime. Go watch Monsters, Marriage, and Murder in Manch Vegas. It's brilliant. It's a genius. It's summertime. It's a summertime movie. It's summertime right now. Mm-hmm. Go watch it. It's it's beautiful. <clears throat> so everyone should go look at that and find out whether any laws were were broken by MOS in the in the fighting of crime. Okay. Because that. That makes it a different that that actually does make it a different tone. Yeah. So, well, take thank take you for bringing some, that up. Yeah. Take some notes, kiddos, was, and slide into Rob's DMs to sort that out. Slide into my DMs, and we'll bring it up on the next pup dates. Yeah. Okay. Second, second grievance. Uh, chicken pot pie by the spoiled chefs has the same melody as "Gotta puke, gotta poop, gotta pee." by i assume um i don't know if that's the toilet bowl cleaners or the 
the guy who sings. I don't know which which artist did that one, but uh, my daughter and I were were listening over the weekend, and we noticed that Chicken Pot Pie by the Spoiled Chef sounds a lot like Gotta Puke, Gotta Poop, Gotta Pee. So, anyway. Listen, so that's grievance a lot number of, two. A lot of great works are just remixes of other great works. Um, everyone well, go look, watch <sighs> the series on Vimeo called Everything is a Remix. It's hosted by some dude named Kirby, but he talks about remixing in music, uh, movies, um what other mediums but he talks about remixing through different mediums of art and showing that everything is actually just a remix of other things and so oh also also there's a recent episode of 20,000 hertz about can you be sued for music copyright of yourself because it happened to John Fogarty. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I think I heard of that. <laughs> so um, everyone go listen to that episode. Let's see if I can look it up while still on the phone. Sorry, I keep hitting my mic stand because I'm like literally laying on the floor. I'm sure everyone enjoys all that rattling noise. That's fun for them. Um, you should um, maybe you should maybe you should have a mic lay instead of a mic stand. I, I do. I need a mic lay instead of a mic stand. I need um, a Britney Spears style um, headset to wear. Okay, so the episode of 20,000 Hertz is called Stop, Collaborate, and Listen. And it is about um, how people will say music is copyrighted or stolen from other music. But how can you really tell when it's playing off of the same chords that like everything else uses? So I don't know. So okay. So you you say that Matt Farley cop he stole from himself. Um. <clears throat> well. Yeah, well, he's been known to do that in the past. Except he he, I don't know. These songs were separated by like. Um, I gotta assume at least five ten years or something. Mm-hmm. Normally, what he did in the past would he would he would recycle the same melodies for about five albums or so yeah and then he would delete and then he would delete them from his computer so you would hear like the magnolia song on the flower band album Uh would be the same melody as like i don't know something something else on some other whatever yeah you would notice if you listen to enough of his music you'll hear the same like the exact same like musical number Uh um playing behind different lyrics you Uh know like one will be about one will be about poop and one will be about flowers and one will be about dead animals Uh or something you know do you have one (laughs) of those yarn boards with the thumbtacks and the yarn that's mapping all these like is your is your living room just like a giant what do they call those that they use to solve crimes it's just that connecting Um, matt farley songs to each other well, I don't know what it's called, but in my case, I call it a vision board. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, I do have one of those. Actually, um, uh, man, I won't even mention it, but there's a guy, because I can't remember his name exactly. It's like Hershenroder or something. Uh, there's a guy on Twitter who, who created... Um, Oh yeah, yeah, a yeah. Piece of, He's... A piece of software where you can type in any word and it'll find 
like the correct Matt Farley song for you, like and whatever. It's brilliant. I, I love it. I haven't used it yet, but I think it's an awesome idea. Yeah, I'll he's my, pull he's that up. My one phone of my is heroes. making the worst noises, so your computer better be recording because this is this. Wow, this would be it. Would be a this would be a really bad episode to to lose because it's there's so much gold. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. It's um, just been diamonds, diamonds and gold is all we've been pulling up out of this mine. It's all it's almost like you should download Skype onto your phone. Well, you know what? It's funny because I think I have it on there. <laughs> I'm gonna murder you. I'm gonna murder you. Do you understand that now I'm talking to you as meanly as I talk to my spouse? I'm gonna climb through that phone and I'm going to murder you. You can't. You're laying down. You're too tired from laying down. If, so if you much. think that I'm above taking steroids and getting on a COVID-ridden airplane to murder you, Rob, you got another thing coming. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I will destroy my, my life in order to destroy you. I have another, I have another complaint. Okay. About Matt Farley, um, there's another song on. I forget if it's the Spoiled Chefs or the, the Hungry Food Band, album. But somebody, the song is basically about somebody poured coffee into their Mountain Dew. Yeah, yeah. Which is a true story. I heard. Mm-hmm. Right. Like. Yeah. And um, and in the song, they say that the Mountain Dew, the Mountain Dew turned blue. No, they and, don't. Uh, I'm yes, because the the lyric is coffee doesn't turn. Well, I don't know something turned blue because you know what it is. Here's why: mm-hmm. is because blue rhymes with dew, and I thought, and that's just like I don't know, man. <clears throat> it's okay to be lazy with your rhymes, but if you're going to like misconstrue reality, coffee doesn't turn Mountain Dew blue. Well, you know what I mean? Have you tried it? Actually, no. Maybe you should try Actually, it. Actually, no. Good point, Sydney. Also, Good point. this is the man who wrote the lyrics exploding in the gloaming, and there's no such thing as a gloaming. It just sounded really good in the song. You know, okay, but that's that's not misrepresenting facts, though. Okay. I feel like he misrepresented facts with this other one. He's just creating a fantastical so. world where coffee turns Mountain Blue or Mountain Dew blue. He's creating this fantastical alternate reality for you, and you are being ungrateful. Well, maybe then he should present it as such because he didn't present it that way. He presented it as an actual thing that happened. Listen. You know what I mean? Either you get it or you That's... don't, man. If you know, you know. All right. I think we're <laughs> done talking about Matt Farley. We're just going to get into a, another fight. We're going to get into another fight, and it's not going to end up pretty. So. Okay, what's the other fight? Oh, the other fight that we got into? Yeah. Oh no! Oh, oh you meant like you're you don't you don't we're gonna get in a fight or you and Matt are gonna get in a fight? Oh no! You and me are gonna get into. Oh yeah, we're fight. fighting. Like that time. No, well, 
we're trying to avoid fighting right now, but that one time that we were fighting before this was when you bailed on me um, <laughs> on a podcast. Oh, when you didn't respond I, to my text? Well, I thought we were beyond that in our relationship that we didn't have to actually use words to communicate anymore. But apparently you still need words. So I do, uh, you know what? Sometimes hopefully someday you'll graduate up to my level, you know, one, (laughs) one day, Rob, maybe if I let my beard grow in, um, we can communicate better (laughs) telepathically, but I'm still waxing it. So, no, I don't even know why I am. I'm wearing a mask every time I leave the house. I don't know why I'm bothering. That's yeah. Should good just, point. Good point. I just don't like when I touch oh, my uh, face and it feels like yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! So what else do we? Uh, are this is a long pup date, huh? It is. It is. Well, and it's especially long if um. Your mic hasn't been recording and people are listening to a phone call this whole time. It's especially long. Well, the numbers the numbers are still moving, but the bar is not scrolling. Okay. So, I don't know what to tell you. We'll find out. I don't... Do, well, do you people hear what I put up with? Um, the, my last bit of news, um, since we are on Creep Patrol, is Chris D'Elia got busted for messaging underage girls on social media and trying to hook up with them and uh certain people don't think that he's guilty but i do have you read about this well i've uh only briefly like i read a couple of tweets from the thread of that um she rates dogs Uh account which broke the, you know, broke it. So I don't know what to think about it. I mean, it sounds. My first impression was, yeah, he he fucked up. He's guilty. Like I don't have any love for Crystalia, you know, by any means. But like, you know, I'm a little weary of just like, you know, there was the on Aziz Ansari thing where it's like, oh, somebody, and then like. Even we did an episode about um, Amber Heard mm-hmm. and Johnny Depp. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, well, accusations are not, you know, uh, whatever, confirmation of guilt necessarily. But these do sound to me like they're pretty, you know, yeah, uh, relevant, relevant accusations. I think he probably did uh, fuck up. And it, I don't know, does it, it sounds like it was obviously more than once, but like how many times was it? Like it was hundreds, over, or was it like t- over 20 yeah. women have come forward. So the thing is like, obviously you can't say that all accusations are a hundred percent true because there are the Amber Heard's of the world. Um, the Aziz Ansari thing, I read that essay. It just sounded like a bad date where, um, the woman unfortunately was not able to confidently articulate that she wasn't interested and leave. Um, the Chris D'Elia thing, it's over 20 women and, um, most of them teenagers that they all describe a similar pattern of behavior. He messaged them on social media, like after they had posted something about him and, 
it was all like they hadn't like hashtagged Chris D'Elia or added him. They had just typed in Chris D'Elia, which means he's searching for his name in quotes. If anyone doesn't understand how searching on like social media works, like on Twitter, you can follow a hashtag and so it'll show up in your feed. Or if someone tags you in something like by using your at symbol, it shows up to you. But somebody can talk about you and you have no idea on Twitter if they don't hashtag or at you. Um, but there's a way you can search by putting it in quotes so you can search the text of somebody's tweet for mentions. So basically what we learned is Chris D'Elia is searching for mentions of him. And then if any girl who's like cute and underage mentions him, he slides into her DMs and all of the women said he'd used a familiar pattern where he would be like, why don't we switch to email? And I don't know why that was it. But then um, one of the articles I read had like the receipts, like in this girl had posted pictures of like her junior year homecoming. Like it was very clear she was in high school when he was trying to meet up with her. Um, and my thing with Chris D'Elia, cause I've never liked him. Zach is a fan. And I said, he kind of reminds me of like a perpetual adolescent who like, he just reminds me of a lot of dudes who hit on me when I was a teenager. Like they think they're, they're kind of juvenile and wacky. And so like, it's almost like they think like that they're, it's like Michael Jackson thinking he's an eight year old boy. Like these guys think that they're still in high school and so it wouldn't be weird for them to hook up with a high school chick. Like, I don't know. So I think he is guilty, guilty, guilty. But I could have told you that without even reading the accusations. Um, because I, there, something about him has always bothered me. Um, and now we got receipts for it. So uh, there's that. Um, Yeah, uh, he sounds, for, uh, you know, from what you've said, sounds like it's, um, you know, repeated behavior and he sounds guilty as fuck. Yeah, because that's the one thing I hate that we don't believe victims because, like, just so people know, like, women, the majority of rape and sexual assault victims never come forward. They never press charges they never do anything about it. And the reason they don't is because there's fear, there's shame, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. And there's the idea of not being believed. There's people disparaging their name. You know, when you come forward as a victim of sexual assault, you have to tell your story over and over again to hospital staff, police, in in the courtroom, in depositions. Um, and you go through trial in the public eye. And so, like... The whole thing about believe victims is just because, like, women don't come forward and say, oh, I was raped, just, like, for funsies, just to, like, ruin some guy's life. Oh, I don't like him. I'm going to say he raped me. Like, that's not really a thing. And coming forward as a victim of sexual assault can, like, ruin your life. Like, even if people do believe you, then you're always seen this one way. But there's people are always going to question your story there, you know, it's it's always going to be a thing, and it is truly, truly awful. Um, so when like this story with Crystalia first broke, and people were like, "They're just trying to take him down," and I was like, "Like, I doubtful. Like, nobody just says like, tee hee hee, let's ruin this guy's life, and hopefully I get doxxed in the process, because that literally is what happens." 
Um, and so once it reached the point where it was like over 20 victims, it's like, okay, this is a repeat behavior this dude has. And it really sucks that like it has to be that way, you know, where like for the Harvey Weinsteins of the world, it has to be like 30 years and hundreds of victims for it to finally be believed or whatever. Um, so, uh, so yeah, like, you know, believe victims, fuck Crystalia. Well, <clears throat> well, hang on. I, I mean, not hang on, <laughs> but, but also, um, what are the nature of the, of the, um, like the claim, the victims claims, like are all of them based on the fact that the victims were underage? Yeah. Or- so basically that's it is that like, I, not all of these people hooked up with him. In fact, most of them didn't. Um, basically he just has a tendency to uh, hit on young girls and solicit for nude photographs and try to meet up with girls that he knows are underage. So okay. Um, so there's twenty. There's twenty underage or people who were underage at the time mm-hmm. that claim that that happened to them. Is that what's yeah. going on? Okay. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. So some of them, I shouldn't say not all 20 are underage. Some were like 18. So 18, fine. But like, obviously you're... (laughs) Yeah, barely barely fine. Yeah, like barely fine (laughs) when you're in your 30s. When you're 34 and you're hitting... Yeah, that's gross. Yeah, so, so yeah. Basically, he trolls social media for underage girls who think he's hot or funny. And then he tries to hook up with them. And yeah, that aspect of it, I never heard that aspect of it before that you mentioned, like the um, the like Twitter search mm-hmm. method. That's pretty diabolical and ingenious. And I know, I know one other person on on Twitter who does that about himself. How Let's dare see. you? What's his name? What's his name? Rob. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Rob, we don't... It's right on the tip of my tongue. Those are different things. One person (laughs) is trying to promote their art, and the other person is trying to prey on underage girls. (laughs) Yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, It's the same technology, though. It's the same, you know what I mean, systemology. Uh... Pretty brilliant. Yeah, whatever, Rob. (laughs) I was hoping for a a live on-air Catton visit through my front door, which is crapped crapped open. Hello, (laughs) is a paging Dr. Freud. (laughs) No, but uh, the cat didn't show up, so unfortunately, yeah, no... No crow feedings this time. No um, Black Lives Matter rallies this time. Just, just, really just a questionable, just a questionable recording that we'll all find out together if it, if it's stable or not. I'll find out before everyone else, and it kill it kills me. It kills me, Rob. It's so exciting. But aren't you excited, though? I I am excited. But the next time we record, we're recording via Skype um, as a backup. Because 
we can record via Skype and on the <sighs> microphone simultaneously so that we have two usable recordings because um, I can't live my life like this anymore. Um, speaking of simultaneously, have you ever had to puke, poop, and pee simultaneously? I've because... done that. I've done that. Oh, well, there's a song about that. It's called Gotta Puke, Gotta Poop, Gotta Pee Simultaneously. And it is, it's absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can close this episode out with, uh, with that song. If you insist, know. Rob, if you insist, every time you suggest one of these songs, Matt Farley gets another 99 cents. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right. Well, happy hump day, everybody. Happy hump day. Simultaneously. Well, they haven't invented a toilet yet for all the stuff that I have to get out of my body all at once. Looks like I'll be cleaning up this bathroom for the next couple of months. I've got to puke and poop and pee simultaneously. There's no way that I can hold it inside, so it's about time for me to decide which way to face the toilet is the best. Man, oh man, this is gonna be one awful mess. I gotta poop, gotta puke, gotta pee. Simultaneously, I gotta poop, gotta puke, gotta pee. Simultaneously. Simultaneously.